Hey guys, welcome to Paul Street to Britain with me, Dave Shaw from the UK Phils, and of course, Alex Carr. Alex, how are you, buddy? Hello, everyone. I was just fixing my chair. I apologize for that. I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. January is uh, is nearly over, thankfully, because it felt like it's been going on for an eternity. Nearly into February, nearly into pitches and catches reporting, and spring training is on the horizon. It's and, very um, close. I, you know, I'm excited just the pitches and catches reporting. I, I just, I need my baseball fix. I need the fills to return. Uh, but in the meantime, the, the the Eagles are holding us over pretty well right now, aren't they? I'll, Look, how about those birds? Yeah. <laughs> Are you a are you an Eagles fan now? Is that is that what's going on here? Are I you? Don't say now as if I I never ever ever was. We... Well, as I recall, as I recall, there was a, a moment there. You were what an Atlanta Falcons. Fan? Uh, I, I, uh, you know, I, I flirted with the Falcons. You know, that was you know I was sort of into the Falcons before I went to the city and then went to Atlanta for a game and I don't know just. It just wasn't my sort of place, my city. I didn't. You don't, don't like going to the suburbs for sports games, Dave? That's not your favorite thing in the world? No. no. Atlanta didn't grip me like nowhere near like Philly did. You know, nice people, you know, hot, good food, but nah, just, just nowhere like Philly. Didn't didn't compare. And I just didn't have that connection. Uh, it was nothing serious. It was just flirting. Nothing serious. I That's promise flirting. you. That, nothing serious. That's flirting. Um, but all aboard the birds bandwagon right now. You know, I'm not big, big, big into NFL like I am with the Phils, but I, I enjoy watching it uh, on the casual because the Phils take so much of my time throughout spring and summer and autumn that, you know, I just like to just unwind and watch the NFL as a more of a enjoyer, you know, just no real hard rooting for a team. But uh, the Eagles are are absolutely flying right now, I, Alex. I, I can't I can't really see past them. I don't want to jinx it, but they they look mighty right now. I really think that. Uh, and look, I'm not a professional football man by any means. I re- I enjoy the sport. I'm not you know I'm not as as tuned in as I am when it comes to baseball. But um, I do from what I've seen of the Eagles, especially in the playoffs. I really feel like they are, uh, they're the team to beat, right? They're, they're the team to beat. I really, I really feel like uh, this, this next game is going to be the real, the real litmus test, right? Cause you know, San Francisco is always good. They are always, their defense is always impenetrable. Um, so it's going to be really, yeah. going to be really interesting to see what, uh, what happens. I'm, I'm psyched. I'm, I'm really pumped up. I don't hey, get I'm as... looking, and It's a UK, UK friendly time as well. Uh, I can imagine passion oh, yeah, will be, absolutely lit for it um if i could get back in in the same night i would definitely uh, head down to pass young but uh you know my nfl knowledge is is slim very 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 slim um but i from what i've seen with the eagles which is quite a bit this year now they they're looking good they're, there's a lot of reason to be excited they're and, fun uh, to what, watch too they're really they're fun really to fun to watch you know i i watched the the other side that the chiefs who okay Mahomes got injured but you know still managed to drag themselves a victory against the jags they didn't look that convincing. Um, and then the Bengals, eh, I don't know. I think the Eagles could could beat any of those two, you know. You can't count either of those QBs out, though. That's what I would worry about if I'm the Eagles. You, you can't count either of those guys out. Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes are both, you know, they are they're pretty excellent. So, but yes, we are a, we are a pro Eagles. 
pro Eagles absolutely. podcast. I, I think we kind of Abs- have to be. Absolutely. So. And the Sixers are tying everyone over as well. You know, they're in a good bit of cracking game last night. Thank God. Uh, ben Simmons' return. <laughs> Thank um, God. So, yeah, Philly, <laughs> sport, Philly Sports on fire right now, eh? The, the Flyers have picked up form. Uh, although I got a lot of hate for the look, look, look. The scribble on the on the the drawing was just in jest. I was meaning that Philly Sports and the Union, the Phils, the Flyer, uh, the Sixers, <laughs> the Eagles, uh, postseason teams. You know, amazing magical seasons. Sixers could have that. That's what I was referring to. The, the scribbling of the Flyers out was just a, a bit of fun, and a lot of people took it very well, seriously. So noted. Noted. I'm not against the Flyers by any means. It was just a bit of banter, a bit of fun. Um, tickets are out. Opening day secured. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. The countdown can officially begin. Uh, I've got my tickets for Thursday and for Great. Sunday. I'm buzzing. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> buzzing. I can't wait. You going to be there, Alex? Uh, I don't know. I really have no idea. Um, now, if I go to the ballpark, it's going to have to be with my dad because I'm in, I'm in New York City now. So. Um, Close, you know, yeah. I'm going to be bird's eye view. And so, uh, hopefully if my dad wants to go, I'll go with him. Um, but if not, I'm chilling, I'm right here. I've, and you know, I'll be watching, watching home along with everybody else and I'm going to miss it, but I'm probably going to go to, ooh, I'm probably going to go to opening day at city field. Um, oh. that is, uh, oh. not be, not to root for anybody just to watch some baseball, but, um, that that might be something that I do. I know uh, me and a me and a bunch of friends might might end up going that. Alex direction. Alex is uh, currently right in the heart of enemy territory. Yes, I am <laughs> right in the heart it's of enemy territory right now. Scary, Mets hats uh, everywhere. Yeah, I it, uh, no, not for me, not for me. Uh, there's enough of them here, actually. Um, what has been happening? Scott Rollin, Hall of Fame, uh, seven years with the Phils. Now this is b- before my time, so. Mm-hmm. Excuse my slight ignorance on not being able to fill up to date with this, but seven years with the Phils, uh, won the Rookie of the Year in 97, 98 Gold Glove, 184 games, you can see on the bottom of your screens, 559 RBIs, 150 home runs, and a career average of 0.282. Great stats, controversially asked to be traded in uh, 2022 to the Cardinals. So is 2022. Uh, sorry, 2002. <laughs> yeah, t- <laughs> yeah, that was some career. A guy that retired yesterday just got into the Hall of Fame. It's <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, 2002, um, which slightly gave him a controversial and maybe slightly tarnished his career with the Phils overall. Um, now in the Hall of Fame, Alex Scott Rollin, for those who don't know him, bit of sin on the man. Uh, if Mike Schmidt didn't exist, probably the best defensive third baseman in Philly's history. Um, I mean, he, he was, he, he could do it all. He was great. I mean, he hit for average. He hit for, he had surprising amount of thump um, and, and was an elite defensive third baseman. I mean, absolutely deserved. You look at the war total and you're like, yeah, this guy's a hall of famer. It's a no brainer. Um, and I feel like that's kind of how we are uh, kind of how we're, we're determining hall of famers these days. But um, you know, you, you look at his career and it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. He was an elite player for his entire career. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, 18, 17 years? Like, uh, he had then had, what, six years with the Cards? Then he had four with the Reds. And I can't remember. So, and, like, I can't remember how. It's seven years with the Phils. It says right at the, the side scroller down at the bottom of the yeah, screen. Woo, for those of rapid. you watching, says seven years with the Phils. So that would be 17. So, I mean, he 
he's so deserving. And I've seen a lot of people say, like, uh, he only had one MVP award. What what is this guy doing in the Hall of Fame? Like, come on, man. Like, MVP awards are totally subjective, especially back in, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. So um, it really is a, a well-deserved honor. But I will not rest until Todd Helton is in the Hall of Fame. I will not rest. You want to talk about one of the most deserving – Hall of Famers on the ballot. It's Todd. Oh, you caught me off guard here, Alex. I didn't oh. put his on. I was, well, I no, you, on the list. you don't have to. You don't have to. But they, he wasn't a Philly. But you know, it, no. just one of the one of the greatest. And if Larry Walker, you know, Larry Walker obviously deserves to be in. But if Larry Walker is, well, I guess that's not true. He was for a long time, kind of given negative marks because he played in Colorado and, like you know, still ended up being a Hall of Famer. Thankfully. So Todd Helton deserves the same treatment, but I don't want it to take till his 10th year on the ballot. That would suck. So Yeah, it, it, I was glancing over Scott's oh. stats overall. They're phenomenal. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize, you know, I, I saw on Twitter when it, when it was announced that some Phillies fans were sort of, uh, you know, he tarnished it by asking to be traded. And, you know, it, it, he'll, he'll go in as a card, I presume, right? He'll go in as a cardinal. I actually he won the World Series with him, didn't he? And most of his gold gloves. Yeah, but he he might go in as a red. I don't know. I know he he was really loved by Cincinnati. So it really depends on what he what he feels. But um, you know, I think he's definitely not going in as a Phil. But <laughs> I no, think, and he I came think, up through the Phil's ranks as well, didn't he? He was right. He was put in put in yep. uh, in August. Made his debut in nineteen ninety seven. All yeah. that time ago, the uh, year I was you, born. Abreu, oh man, don't make that feel, makes me feel old. Abreu, 15.4%. J-Roll in his first year, 12.9%. You know, the great at 2008 Phils has been putting so many fantastic stats about J-Roll on Twitter um, and so many category leading stats as well on J-Roll. And um, come on, that vote, 12.9, that's going to be rising throughout the years, surely. Do, do, do you see J-Roll as a whole? If I'm, I know at the end is next year. At the absolutely has to be in the Hall of Fame at some point very quickly. But do you see J-Roll doing it? I'm going to toss out a little bit of a bold, bold take here. Oh, no, Alex. No. I do think – I I cannot with confidence say that he will be a Hall of Famer. But I do think Jimmy Rollins at least deserves consideration. He misses the mark on a few counting stats, and he misses the mark, obviously, with total war – he at least deserves to write out the ballot. That is my, you know, that's at the very least. Um, but I think Bobby Abreu has a better shot at the hall than Jimmy Rollins does. And, and, and you know, that's nothing to say my preference over the two players. Yeah. Bobby Abreu was unbelievable. Bobby Abreu was like a really, really good baseball player. Again, for before whatever, my time. For whatever <laughs> reason, he just does not get the love that – you know, that any of these guys get. I don't know what it is, but I, I think he's one of those guys. I think both of these guys are guys that down the line when they start to kind of like, you know, come to their final years on the ballot, people are going to start campaigning for them. People are going to start showing you why they should be Hall of Famers. And I think yeah. hopefully, eventually, both get at least fair consideration. But as for Chase, Chase is a Hall of Famer. Chase is one yeah, of do you reckon, best... do you reckon first year in straight on, or do you think it'll take a couple of years? I think it'll take him like three years, but I, Chase is a Hall of Famer without a doubt. One of the best second basemen ever played the game. 
Yeah. I mean, one of the best. And obviously, you know, Jeff Kent is having a hard time right now. Arguably the best second baseman of the, the modern era, at least, to ever play the game. But a lot of that had to do with character concerns uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and things of that nature. So I think Chase is going to have no problem. Because Chase is one of the best oh, guys I, I, ever to walk the field. I hope so. For those that aren't aware of how the Hall of Fame ballot works, or new, new to the Hall of Fame, but new to the sport... So I believe if you get below, is it below 1% or 2% of the vote? That's it, you're out, isn't it? It's actually below 5%. 5%, right. Below 5%, you're out. What is the margin to get in? Is it 70? 75%. 75%, and and you get 10 years of legibility? You got it. All right, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Um, And it's, yeah, so J-Roll's first year, if he keeps getting below, above five percent he'll keep being up for up for debate which is a 12 percent turnout on your first year is pretty good um especially especially as they start to face more and more ballots that will look a little bit grimmer um you know next year's ballot is stacked but but the following ballots yes some big names start start, start to lose some luster so um you know especially as time wears on you know, 12% of the vote now pretty much guarantees that they'll stay above that 5% margin and they'll both ride out the ballot until yeah. at least their 10th years. Absolutely. Um, I was bored yesterday, last night, on my commute to work. And I thought I'd throw a tweet out there just to, you know, get some interaction, just see where people's minds are at and uh, have some fun debate. I didn't realize the hundreds of replies I'd get back to this and a really fun debate and how Wait, I missed this. How what passionate this? people got over this tweet. Uh, <laughs> so I put out there yesterday, if you could choose any two former Phillies players at their prime to play for the Phils this year, who would they oh, be? Oh, you sent this to me. That's and right. I did give you a prior warning to this, Alex. I, I said, oh, I've got, I've got my answers. I've got my answers. The, Don't worry about it. The, the obvious ones, a lot of people took a lot of thought into this. You know, what does this year's Phil's team need at their prime? Right. Uh, people went in all different angles. I love some of the responses and how passionate some people got over their choices. Uh, the main one, obviously, is Schmitty. You know, yeah. an absolute, him and it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Him and Carlton were lefty, they were the one two predominantly. Yeah. Um, but there's some great wood. There's, uh, there's, let's go through some of them. Okay, obviously, obviously. Smitty, Lefty are the main ones. Steve Carlton, Carl Hamels is a combo from George. Utley and Mike Schmidt. Uh, do you know what? Ryan Howard gets more votes than Well, you, you know why that is. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I was, people, people there, was a, there was Howard a theme was, starting oh, to, uh, to emerge. Think Ryan Howard was some defensive whiz at first base. Ryan was a terrible first baseman. He was well, dreadful. I, he was a DH. I think they were thinking more DH because the DH is here now. Yeah, but we I, we all know what they were thinking. They, they, were, uh, they yeah. were thinking. Well, a lot of people were saying Schmidt at third, move Bohm to first, and uh, and Hoskins can either yeah, yeah, DH yeah. or if they got Ryan Howard and he can do the same. Utley and uh, Rollins said uh, Travis. The pandemic crew said Carlton and Bunning. Uh, Brad Lidge got a few in there. Carlton and Dykstra, Halliday and Howard. Halliday and Howard was quite a popular combo mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, Schmidty, Schmidty. Where are the different ones? Cliff Lee, Cliff Lee got a few in there. Cole Hamill's got a few pitching because imagine if we had you know Carlton and Hamill's in that pitching rotation, it'd be it'd be if he lights out with no Williams Suarez. Game over, it'd be pretty uh, good. Chase Utley, Steve Carlton, uh, Utley Schmidt, 
Mike Chase, Halliday, a lot of love Halliday at his prime. Uh, Gary Mado because he did upgrade at centre field. Uh, also, Ashburn got a lot because obviously a great leadoff centre fielder makes a lot of sense. Richie would be good. Uh, Colton and Halliday, lefty and Ryan Howard. A lot of he has a lot of Ryan Howards. Some J Roll in there. Good to see some J Roll in there as well. I'm trying to find the different ones. Actually, I guess Ryan Howard right now with the shift ban would be pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. That that would be nice. That would be but, nice. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. That the shift ultimately just finished off his career quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, Raul got a few votes in there as well. Oh, that's not a bad one. Yep, Ro uh, Robin Roberts and Rich Rishi Ashburn. Um, but yeah, Alex, who would be who would be your two? Let's see how much thought has been put into this one. So I had I have two versions. I have okay. one obvious version of like these are like the objectively correct responses, and then one of a little bit not so obvious. So my obvious one, obviously, I'm I'm going with Doc for my first overall pick uh, because we don't know if Steve Carlton would translate into the 2022-2023 atmosphere. This is what I was going to bring up. This is what right? I yeah, So we, we, we don't know how exactly that would work. Um, but we do know with Doc, first and foremost, surgical command, which is, you know, akin to that of Aaron Nola. Um, you know, we know that always plays. So, and he throws a cutter as well, which is a huge thing in the Phillies current organization. So I was like, eh, Doc, if we're thinking realistically in 2023, makes a lot of sense. Cole Hamels, I think, makes a lot of sense in that same vein, but but I, I tend to lean towards Doc. Um and then obviously, you know, Mike Schmidt. It yeah. It's yeah. just not a it doesn't matter where you play him. <laughs> Having that yeah. guy would be would be pretty great. Um, yeah. But in terms of a not so obvious answer, first of all, I would pick Jason Worth. Because Jason Wirth and Bryce Harper were very, very close. That is well known. But also, you know, Jason was a good glove and a great hitter, especially in his prime. He had a prime to rival all Phillies primes. Um, so that that was my first, my first little inkling. And my second one, I, I was going to go with Bobby Abreu. Um, just because... Yeah, Bobby, Bobby got some votes. Yeah. Bobby... Again, just a massively underrated player, but you want to talk about a leadoff hitter. I mean, let me let me get his his metrics up here because I I want to tell the people just how good of a of a hitter and also a defender Bobby Ray was. First of all, sixty point two B WAR over his entire career, but second of all, this man had a career three ninety five on base percentage. 395 he had he had five, five consecutive years of over a 400 on base which was his prime believe it or not in philadelphia from age 28 through 32 he had over a 400 on base percentage and the wow. a year prior to that he went 393 then 416 446 409 all while slugging above 500 in the majority of those years and if batting average is your thing he hit over 300 also a majority of those times while while stealing 30 40 22 31 36 bags respectively and hitting 31 20 20 30 24 and 15 home runs jesus now tell uh, me you wouldn't I, like that bat at the top of your lineup in his prime 
Man, I wish I, I I so badly wish I was into the Phillies in those days and watched these players at the prime. Like the the stats, just reading them there, it's just insane. The un the unfortunate thing is that in Bobby Abreu's era, he he was kind of overlooked because there were a lot of guys doing really flashy things, um, like yeah. Andrew Jones, the best defensive center fielder of all time. There's no question. Obviously, some off field concerns, but. Best defensive center fielder of all time. There is not even an argument to be made. Um, Andrew Jones was was lighting up the stage. Jim Edmonds had you know some really great catches in that era. Bobby Abreu just wasn't that kind of guy that you would see highlighted on Sports Center while you were getting ready for you know work the next day, brewing your coffee. Right? He just wasn't that guy. But he was. Oh, I just hit my microphone. But he was you know, doing these unbelievable things, hitting, you know, 20 plus home runs, stealing 20 plus bases every single year, walking as much as he strikes out a majority of the time, getting on base at 400 plus clip for consecutive years. It's unreal. He had a prime that rivals the greatest Phillies primes. So those two guys I thought would be really interesting. Jason Worth from kind of a leadership perspective, but also from a, you know, he would mesh really well with the clubhouse and Bobby Abreu from just being one of the most underrated Phillies players of all time. Yeah. I, I was, I, well, I was going to go from what the players I've seen, because obviously Schmidt is obvious and the, the greats, uh, Larry, ba- Larry Barrow got some, some uh, nice nominations in there as well. That's um, an interesting choice. <laughs> uh, and Kruk got some, well, you've just seen some well, of them. Cody Ashy, Cody Ashy, Michael hey, Franco. Got listen, a- John Kruk is not a bad, is not a bad uh, bad choice, as it were. I oh, mean, he, he, I agree. Guy could hit, guy could hit. I was, I was uh, yeah, I, I was thinking pitching, and I, yeah. Halliday and, and Hamels for me in that, in that rotation at their primes, it's just, it's game over. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, no one's beaten. Just, just do the parade, uh, get yep. Paul Street ready. You know, if those two in their prime were in that lineup, it would be phenomenal, absolutely incredible. But, uh, yeah, just the what. 480 replies. It's just everybody. Wow. Going, if it isn't Schmidty or Carlton, then it's no debate. It shouldn't be debated. Um, people really digging into what the Phil's needs are this year. People's own personal favorite choices and players from the time. Uh, some stories about their favorite players, bringing them back. It's been really, really I fun to, 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 to read them and just the, the patch. It just sums up. It beautifully sums up the fan base and how passionate, even talking about players and what two players you bring back brings out in the, in the fans. It's just been amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, talking from the past to the future, spring training around the corner, the list of invitees is out there. Um, some uh, more headline names, I suppose. And we'll let Alex go through the players that maybe not be so well-known, but will be there. Uh, Mark Appel, great to see him on the list. So glad um, he's back. I hope he has a good spring because he could be, for me, a player that we could see feature a lot more in the bullpen next year. He he was good. Like he did a job last year. Like he did a solid job. I he sure I did. was surprised he was never called back up after he went down again. To be honest, but the Phils wanted to keep working on him in the minors, and he got hurt. He did get hurt, so there was a lot of questions surrounding whether or not he would be back with the organization. Um, I'm very yeah. glad he is. Having spoken to him last year. I was worried that an injury, you know, maybe, especially if it was a severe one, maybe could have, you know, that could have been it. And I don't want to, you know, speak in, in, in uh, you know, uncertainties here. But, you know, 
I was I was a little worried. I'd be lying if I was going to say I wasn't a little worried. And and lo and behold, seeing his name on that list was awesome. Fantastic! Really awesome. What an opportunity! What a story! Um, honestly, I, I really, really, it would be fantastic if he had a great spring and forced his way into that into that bullpen as well because the depth then would just be incredible. Uh, Griff got the call up. Mor- Morales, what a <laughs> What a merry-go-round that guy's having right now. He's, so he, so he's on a is he a, is he back with a minor contract now? So he what? cleared waivers somehow. Yeah. I still don't know the whole. I've put I've asked a whole bunch of people uh, that would have knowledge of the situation, and none of them have any idea. So I'm I'm assuming either, you know, industry reports are just not what they should be on him, or maybe. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't have a reason. I just, I can't believe he cleared waivers. He did, which is amazing for the Phillies. Gives them a really good piece of depth. But um, yeah, color me shocked. Yeah. Um, Scott King, Scott Kingery still, still bouncing around. Your man. Still getting, still getting paid that big contract. Um, <laughs> big contract. Dave, he's making $4 million. Yeah, a lot for a minor league player, mind you. I mean, but, Kingery, I don't know how old is Kingery now. He's still what, He's... 27, 26. Are you ready? It feels like he... I'm, I don't. Know. I'm, I would. I'm... I would. I would love Kingery to have a great spring. Dave, I'm. Pull. I'm nearly positive Scott Kingery is thirty years old. Already. I am nearly positive. Well, no, can't, he, he is... cannot be. He cannot. No, okay, where is he, that time gone? He's twenty nine. Pardon me. Or Damn. or he's twenty eight. And 272 days. Uh, so, all right, 20, 29 for argument's sake. He'll oh, my word. Scotty, man, yeah. it, it's pretty much now or never for, for, for Scotty, isn't it? He, like, he needs a, a massive spring and try and get himself back into the the conversation, really. Um, yeah. uh, I, just, I just still can't believe how that's ended out. I really cannot believe what happened that big contract and since then well at the time it was a big contract it was well it was it was a really it was a it was a pretty awesome thing to see from a major league baseball team i mean because back then you know when when he signed that contract there really weren't a lot of examples of of contracts that guys you know that that prospects literal prospects would sign and then you go on to see you know as obviously ozzy albie's was a bit of a different scenario and, and, and kind of was cheated out of a lot of money, but um, you know, he went on and signed a really team friendly deal. Evan white of the Mariners went on and signed a really team friendly yeah, deal. Yeah. There's been a whole bunch. Um, and now mind you, none of them have really worked out um, almost none of them. Um, but I do think that with Scott Kingery, even though he seems so utterly broken um, and I just mean in terms of, 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 baseball things um but even though he seems so you know unfixable almost i do think that there is reason to believe that he could get back on the horse obviously he missed i believe most of most of 2021 with with a shoulder injury um you know missed a lot of i I think he was still rehabbing heading into last year 2020 was the year that he kind of everything really fell apart but the year prior he hit okay. So, you know, I'm not saying, you know, put all your eggs in the Kingery basket, but definitely don't count him out at this point. Uh, 
because the whole thing that happened was, you know, he was studying with an independent hitting coach and he was getting two different feeds of information, one from this hitting coach, one from the Phillies organization. It became really hard for him to, you know, decipher what he should be doing, what he shouldn't be doing. He's only listening to the Phillies organization now. I can, I can pretty much tell you that. So um, hopefully, hopefully he, um, he, he gets back on the horse this year and, and can kind of redeem himself a little bit. If not, you know, I would love it. What's the harm? He's a free agent next year. So yeah, I was going to say he's he's free agent this year, uh, Nick, this end of this year, or the year after, isn't he? So it's this year he's a free. So yeah, he can, he can be bought out. Yeah, now or never for for, for Scotty, uh, and of course Abel and Painter, who were of course in the or Painter topped the top prospects. Our guy, <laughs> our guy, Andrew Painter. Uh, there was a good article by Alex Coffey in the Inquirer today about the people working with uh, Painter, G- getting him ready for October. Like this is blowing my mind. You know, Crazy. they're preempting Andrew Painter to be going into October. There's a lot of talk now, and it seems slightly inevitable unless he doesn't have a great spring. I imagine that he's going to be in the rotation at the start of the season, isn't he? This looks looks at this point a little bit foregone conclusion. Everyone seems to have him in that rotation. I kind of can't believe it, but at the same time, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, if he's really ready, why would you waste time with him in the minors? And on top of that, if he, you know, this is a long, long shot, but if they can keep him healthy, if he were to win rookie of the year per se, and he started the year on the major league roster, no, guess what? Phillies get a free draft pick. They got a free. Point. They get a free first yep. round draft pick at the a free draft pick at the end of the first round. <laughs> if they have a rookie win rookie of the year that started the year on the major league roster. So look, I don't I, I I'm not saying that's a lock, but if he goes out there and pitches 140 innings of his best baseball and can stay healthy the whole year, you know, in a six-man rotation where you can kind of stagger him and make sure he's gonna be healthy for the yep. postseason, et cetera, et cetera. Why the hell not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, you're working with a light bullpen, but you know you've got you've got guys that can pitch multiple innings. Bailey Falter can work out of the bullpen if need be, right? Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like was, that bad of an idea to me. It was uh, interesting. It was saying uh, I've heard it a few times now that they, it looks like to keep Nola Wheeler, possibly Suarez fresh. It won't. You know, it's common. It's going to be quite common to see these guys just go in the five six innings at the start of the season, which makes sense if we've got the bullpen to back it up. It will work well. You well, know, especially, have... yeah. yeah, especially after a long postseason run, and especially while you have somebody like Matt Strom in your bullpen, who was up until you know a little bit of last year a starting pitcher. I don't see a problem with it. I don't see a problem with it at all. You've got you've got like seven guys that could viably start a game for you if Andrew Painter is is on the opening day roster. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm not going to knock it. I think there's no point in, in having him linger in the minors if he's if he's fully ready. Yeah, and uh, Mick Abel was on that list as well. Was he yep. eight? I think he was eight. Two, he was two two Phillies two Phillies pitchers in that list. Eighth uh, on the top ten right-handed pitchers in baseball. Painter was fifth best prospect in baseball. Painter or uh, Abel was uh, was fifth 
or like one side of me is slightly cautious after what happened to Spencer Howard, but I feel he was really rushed up because we had nothing else and we needed him. Like we threw him in with no armband straight into the deep end. It's like there you go, Spencer, and the results were well there to be seen brutally in front of everybody. You know, now he's uh, still at the Rangers, I believe. Um, yeah, the team in general is growing. We've got some great international prospects by what everyone's saying. Everyone raving yourself, Jack Fritz. Uh, a lot of people in the know seem to be all over. Starling Gabba, the uh, 17 year old sensationist, some are calling him uh, from the Dominican Republic. Uh, this guy just seems to be the real deal. And um, 17 years old, tells a little bit about what we could be seeing from Kaba because he's got what, from the, the notes I've picked up here, he's got plus speed, plus hit tool, above average arm, great high reviews. This this guy, great glove, uh, a comparison to Lindor. This guy is one of the best international prospects out there that we've just picked up. Yes. <laughs> I always, I always tell people to tread very lightly when it comes to international prospects because we really don't have a lot of information on them. The only people that have seen these guys play, at least the only people stateside that have seen these guys play, are like Sal Agostinelli and then a couple of scouts. Right, that's it. So all, all the information we have is what like three pairs of eyes have reported. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Starling Kaba is a is a big get, obviously in the international market. Um, was the 14th best ranked international prospect? By, I don't really listen to Pipeline, but you know it's it's definitely something to be excited about. Um, his his overall tools, he's obviously very raw, but everything is at least above average to plus. Um, outside of the power, which is expected to come, um, but that's going to be really interesting to watch. It's really interesting to see how the Phillies have been going about their international pursuits lately. Um, you know, last year they signed William Vergola Jr., who absolutely lit up, uh, you know, the, the um, I guess it was the Dominican Summer League. Um, he absolutely lit it up. Um, he was, I think he only struck out three times, walked 11 times, Damn. hit like 380-something. I mean, it, it looks great. The power is lacking, hoping to come along, but... We all have to remember, this is the same kind of, you know, uh, same kind of rave reviews we got about Luis Garcia, right? Luis Garcia, who's no longer with the organization. Uh, true, true. Uh, 364 true. overseas, came over, did really well in Clearwater, and then kind of scuffled, you know? So these are things that you take with a grain of salt. But, but these are Preston Mattingly's guys who are watching these guys now, aren't they? Then Preston right. Mattingly, renowned as one of the best guys around you know, in baseball to build your farm system back up proven done it before he's um the two taiwanese guys is it ho you lee and when you pim uh pan sorry these two taiwanese guys are, are getting rave reviews a lot of people seem to be impressed with what the phils are doing of course uk's own gabriel rincones you know I, I can't wait to see uh what gabriel can do this year hopefully he can stay healthy uh I wonder if he will be in the UK's uh, GB's team uh, for the uh, the World World Classic. I hope so. It'd be great. Um, but there's a lot of excitement. The farm is starting, and it ha it's come from the bottom. Like it was voted the fourth worst farm system in baseball just last year by the Athletic and by many. So the Phils 
us try and it's and it seems to be all the same player profiles especially with pitchers hard throwers um velocity velo velo command uh trying to not the finished product but with the high velo there they want to mold them into this just power arms which is what this direction they're going in um you just feel that the fills are from top to bottom really getting a fantastic structure in place to establish themselves as dare I say it and transitioning into a, a big a big team a big market team you know this it's taken so long <laughs> it's taken years and years um but the fills just seem to be moving in a direction that the massive de development in Clearwater 300 million dollars being spent on on what on this the lab the the, the, the lab, lab they're calling it with uh with the hitting and pitching lab with free analysis uh free mechanic uh i don't even know what these i don't even know what these roles are they look, they look <laughs> made up to me, you know like, what is it was it what is a mechanist uh for associates it's open all year round they're gonna put a lot of the prospects in there the fields are the fields are developing and and transitioning in front of our eyes to not only be just a flash in the pan last year and you know we had that spurt between 09 and, and uh, 08 09 and then 2012 it tailed off but the fields want to be a big market team they want to have last year and build on it for, for years to come and it feels great you know the fills <laughs> the fills our team our boys you know the team with the worst baseball most losing its baseball team in baseball throughout the records uh a transitioning in front of our eyes with the right people finally in charge the right structure and times for the fills for me are exciting. I'm excited for this year, for next year, and going forward. I feel we're in good hands now. I don't feel we are going to have two, three years of a high and then boom, spike back to the bottom and then wait another 10 years to get back up and then back down. I feel the fills can hopefully now maintain a high level. What would what, what you reckon, Alex? I agree with you. Oh, but, but <laughs> I do. I, I mean, look. The Phillies farm system is not deep. It's not. It, it, no, it's, it's still developing. Know, yeah, the, it's still a long the, way to go. The the top 17 prospects are, are strong. It looks good. And then it really falls off. But, and this is a big, big but, um, a lot of the guys that you mentioned are definitely guys that you want to watch this year. I mean, how you lead. Uh, Wenhui Pan, who you just talked about. Uh, Gabriel Konis, right? Like, some of these guys, how you Crawford as well. Is, well, Justin Crawford, you know, you, you look at all these guys. How you Lee is the best hitter in the system, right? Just bar none. End of story. And this was a guy that they signed, you know, last year who just absolutely, you know, it took two games for people to realize, holy crap, this kid is so real. Um, you know, as far as Pon, I have no idea where to where to go with that. All I know is we have so much more information than I ever thought we'd have on any Phillies international signing ever when it comes to him. And boy, I love that pitch mix. He looks great. So that's yeah. a guy to get excited about, right? Gabriel Conus, probably one of those guys that like you look at and is going to have one of the better offensive years in a system that is dreadfully lacking or, or not dreadfully lacking, but you know, in real need of offensive talent, right? Um, yeah. So yeah. that's one guy to watch. Carlos Dela Cruz came out of nowhere last year, right? So there's a lot of guys that you can point to and just get a little bit excited about, right? And it, while the system isn't deep, 
the development has gotten so much better to the point where now you look at the farm system and you say, oh, Drew Baker, that's a guy that you can look at and he's going to be a big reliever, uh, you know, should they need one? Should should someone go down? Oh, Andrew Schultz, that's a guy with potential. Oh, Tommy McCollum had the largest strikeout percentage in, in all of Philly's minor league baseball until he got hurt. And then Andrew Painter blazed by him. But yeah, a lot of guys that you can that you can look at and just say, wow, you know, there's there's something going on here. Um, and while I'm not going to tell you, you know, this is is on its way to becoming a top 10 farm system in all of baseball, because look, odds are some of these most of these guys, Griff, Andrew Painter, Mick Abel, they're all going to graduate within the next two years. Right. But that that is a lot of major league quality help on the way. And that's for the for the uh, for the rotation for the bullpen. Now the lineup is lagging a bit behind, but they've spent a ton of money on this lineup, right? They've filled this lineup with free agents. So as far as I'm concerned, they look pretty well set to compete for numerous years. And the payroll is structured in a way too, where you know a lot of these guys fall yeah, off in the years. Yeah. So they're ready to kind of build a new core. And that will be, you know, with all these new prospects, et cetera. So while I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this team is the next Los Angeles Dodgers or the uh, next, you know, no, no, anything no. like that, this team looks significantly different than it did two to three years ago. Absolutely. And, and that is uh, a big win uh, for Philly fans everywhere because everyone should be excited about the direction that the Phillies are going right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel as well, we have the right men in all the right places, like Preston Mattingly. The, like the Dave Dombrowski. The, the like Dave Rob- Dombrowski, who has just done everything he, he's already promised. You know? like Rob Thompson. <laughs> yeah, Topper, Topper. You know, Kevin Long. I, it, it's just, the, the coaches just seem to be, Transforming players in the pitching side, on the hitting side. Big shout out to defending the, the, well the defense. The defense has been fantastic. Yeah, you know, yes, you're seeing improvements in the season from Alec Bohm, from Castellanos. Uh, Brandon Marsh looks better defensively than what anyone imagined when he came in. That that trade just gets better and better every time I see him. You know, I really feel we got a great trade uh, in Brandon Marsh. The the direction, like you said is trending upwards uh alex i think that that's a wrap so we got pitches and catches reporting on the 16th of february that's around the corner it's it's just around the corner that's literally there. almost two weeks away that's like We're, two or three weeks oh just just the thing is about spring the only thing that a little bit annoys me about spring is you watch all the footage it's clear water glorious sunshine warm and you look at your own, your own window and you think spring is so far away you <laughs> know it's just it's always always i love watching spring training games when you look at your own window you see it hammering the rain it's five degrees and you're thinking oh come on just bring, bring that weather here get here soon spring but we are close full squad workout starting 21st spring training games about a week later we are nearly there folks and we will keep you uh, right up to date with what's happening with the fields right here on uh, on youtube and we're on all your podcast providers as well as social media twitter instagram facebook group alex where can we find yourself you can find me on twitter at alex car mlb i'm sure a lot of you already know me from there but if you don't come say hi uh and you can also find me on twitch on twitch.tv 
at Take a Balk. I have a Discord server where we talk a lot of baseball. It's a great time. So come find me over there. You can find me anywhere. Just look. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Type in Alex Carr. You know, he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll you'll up, find him. You'll you find him. Eventually. Um, if you like what you've heard or what you've seen, what you've watched, uh, then hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends. Get everybody involved. Join in, in the debate on social media. I love reading all your replies, good and bad. Um, guys, you got to remember, you know, I've only been following. I've only been following the fields for 10, 11 years. You know, my knowledge is nowhere near where some of you guys are. Um, you know, it's. I love the interaction with you guys. I love reading all your replies and all your stories. Um, so yeah, keep it coming. Keep the debates going. We'll discuss as well what you guys are talking about on social media on the show as well. And we're going to ramp up to the new season. The shows become more regular, more frequent as the season gets nearer. We've got you covered on here on YouTube, on social media, on, on the podcast. Uh, we're just the beginning. As you can see, little graphics at the bottom of the screen there. Uh, we'll get... <laughs> it's all a learning curve at the moment for us as well as we're getting into the new season. So hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, from me, Dave Shaw, it is Ring the Bell. And from Alex. Ring the Bell, Dave. See you later, folks. See you next time.